This is Take Flights with Mark Whittle. Welcome to Take Flight. I'm Mark Whittle, former city worker turned performance coach. And this is your place for inspiration and education on ways to optimise your performance and find your purpose. I was on Love Island like five and a half years ago now. Going on the show must have been terrifying beforehand. I think that is the only thing that I've ever felt completely confident about. I feel like your gut says a lot, because if you don't try, then you'll never know. There's, like, a huge world out there of opportunity. I actually moved to London to be a dancer. That's what I originally came to do. I fell out of love with performing, and I started doing teaching as a fitness instructor, and that's where I found, like, my vocation, you know, my calling. I loved it. I'm never going to be what I want to be if I don't work for it. I heard something the other day that said that there's no elevator to success. There's only the stairs. Yeah, it's like, so true. Yeah. Such a bigger sense of achievement if you work hard for something rather than being given it. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity of Love Island and giving me the platform that I've got. I was a completely different person then. What's changed? Cabin crew, passengers, prepare for takeoff. I was on Love Island like five and a half years ago now. Wow, is it that long ago? Yeah. It feels like, I feel like I was a completely different person then. Hmm. Very weird. Because when I watch it now, like, the kind of people, not the kind of people, but the age of people that go on there now, I'm like, oh my God, I'm 11 years older mm. than the youngest girl that was on this year. That's mental. I was watching Arsenal the other day and a 15-year-old came on. He's yeah, I know. born in 2007. I, I know, like, like, Ethan oh, something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was watching his Instagram following, literally just, like, go was up it? and up and up crazy. What did he go to? Um, well, within, like, five minutes, it had grown 2,000, like you know, 2,000 numbers. Yeah. So I don't know what it's on now. I need to actually look and see what it's on now. Because <laughs> that's, that's what it was like when I came out of Love Island as well. The day we came off, I watched, I came off with like 400,000 followers and over like a matter of days, it just went, it kept going up and up and up. I wish I did that now. It's so hard to keep them these days. Yeah. Ethan Nuranuri, Nura, yeah. 169,000. Shit. So it's like tripled. Since Saturday. Since Saturday. Or Sunday, yeah. Yeah, I know. I can't believe it. So when you finished the show, yeah. it was 400 what? So I went in with like just under 2,000 followers. Yeah. And I thought I was like an influencer. <laughs> and then I came off and it was like four, six, nine, hundred thousand, something like that. And I thought that was good. You know, anyway, I was like, wow. And then gradually over the next few days, because it finished at the end of July, I think, um, and just literally within a few days, it was like a million. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. Because it, like, changes from you can have 999 and then when it goes to 1 million, mm. it's like the 1M. Yeah, yeah. Which is almost worse because then if you lose, if you go down, yeah. back down to 999, you're like, <laughs> shit. You know, need to get back up there. Yeah. But, yeah, it's so difficult. And what, you're like 1.1? 1, 1. 1. 1.1. 1.1. Yeah, but I've been stuck there for a while. Mm. Don't know what I need to do to get better at that. Is that still important to get growth? Well, yeah, I mean, because mm. because I feel like Instagram is so oversaturated and especially if you are from Love Island or whatever, I mean, everyone's been on Love Island now these days. I'm very lucky, I feel like, that I have my niche with the fitness stuff because that's all I've pretty much ever known before and then since I've been off. So that's what I've made my bread and butter out of. Mm. Luckily, because I think if I was, well, I know if I was just to be doing the fashion and beauty posts, I would have. I wouldn't be existing anymore. Mm. They would have just dropped and dropped and dropped or yeah. go back to my old job, I think. Mm. What was the old job? PT and before, um, I don't do that anymore, like one to, on a one-to-one -one basis yeah. um, because I just don't have the time. 
mm. and you know to like commit because in order to see results you need to really commit to someone to be over like at least a three month period and I like to go on holiday <laughs> yeah. quite often yeah I don't yeah. know why I got a dog to be honest because he's like the only factor now that stops me from just packing my bags and oh, pissing off it's the worst I've got a dog too it's so sad I love I? him so much though and I'm like I love you but I want to move to Bali <laughs> <laughs> take the dog too no apparently you can't you have to go to Jakarta first and mm. then quarantine for 14 days and then go I've already looked into it yeah yeah but we'll see yeah I was looking at moving to LA and it was the same like you can you can take your dog over it's fine yeah yeah. And also, but with Bali, maybe I shouldn't tell everyone this because most people will move. If you move over and you've got a British business, you don't have to pay tax for five years. Wow. Yeah. See you in Bali. I'll see you in Bali. <laughs> like now. That's good. I know. <laughs> You're saying there about like the, if you just carry on doing the beauty and fashion posts. Yeah. You have... So I don't really do any of them anymore. Yeah. But that's one of the things that I was most excited about speaking with you about because you said it was just like, Killing your soul. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, actually, one of my most honest friends said to me, not that long after I finished the show, she was like, Mate, you don't wear that many outfits in one day. Hmm. Because when you first come off, people, it's a bit different now because I feel like people get more money for less posts these days because, as I said, it's so, everyone's in such high demand. Whereas when we came off, I think I was doing like three fashion posts today mm. for different brands yeah she was like there's no way that that is relatable and it was true i saw people like this was right at the beginning as well start, people start to drop off following you because they're like oh you've just become another yeah, yeah. influence now and it was it was killing myself because i wasn't i love clothes and i love fashion and all that but after a while it gets a bit boring for mm. me and i want to be doing something that makes get makes me feel rewarded you know yeah. so yeah eventually i kind of like started to do more fitness than that on there and I do the odd fashion post every now and again now but it's mainly like I want to keep it as streamlined as possible you know yeah, yeah. so when people go on my page they see exactly what they're getting straight away mm-hmm. which is hard because also when you're from Love Island I know that I have to stay true to my roots in some respects because I got those million followers from being on mm-hmm. that show so I still want to show a bit of personality over there show like my life other than just working out all day every day yeah. because I, I believe that a lot of people will be like well that's not actually why I followed you in the first place and yes now I feel like my following has changed and I feel like I have obviously gained new followers over the last few years that might not have known I was on Love Island prior because mm-hmm. I'm lucky with that amount of followers with the algorithm and all that um, to be able to be seen um, if people don't previously know me but sometimes I do think I'm probably going to have to just like post a picture of you know, like me and Brandon just like chilling because even though it doesn't go in line with everything else, people still want to see like the real you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, th- I think you don't, I don't know if punished is the right word, but the algorithm punishes you for trying to do the same stuff all the time. Oh, the algorithm, literally, it's like the bane of everybody's life, don't you think? Like, especially now with all these other things coming into play, like Instagram is now, I feel, becoming TikTok. And then this is kind of my fight in my head because. As you know, before Love Island, I had less than 2,000 followers. So even though I thought I was like doing really well, I wasn't really an influencer. I didn't know what I was doing, didn't know anything about algorithms and all that. I've just kind of been thrown into it and I've just tried to make the best of a good situation. But now, now that there's other things coming into play, there's really good content creators, there's TikTok, there's all these different things that you should and could be doing if you were really good at social content, that it, it becomes like... I'm constantly fighting to 
stay good on Instagram, but then I also have to try and learn TikTok. Yeah. I'm not. I'm, whereas other people are really good at creating content. I'm really trying. But there's so much that you can do with it these days that it's hard to not look amateur. Yeah. The the expectation from followers and people who are viewing and consuming the content is now of like a 4K production. Yeah. Like super high quality. Yeah, yeah. But then there's this other argument that apparently the Gen Z, they're on TikTok doing vaping. I saw this one the other day. This girl was like just stood there vaping, dancing around in a circle. It's about 10 seconds long because she just wrote something over the top of it. Yeah. And it had millions of views. Yeah. And I'm like, that must have taken her five seconds, but I didn't know where to start with mm. just creating that. And then you have the other end of the spectrum where you have people creating, as you said, 4K visions, like yeah. stories. Yeah. And then there's me sat there making a reel, <laughs> taking three hours to do like a 15-second shitty reel. For God's sake. I need to employ someone. Yeah, that's, that again. that's the difference, I think. Yeah. And, and I think also you have to have like a solid why behind why are you doing it, yeah. right? Because then you can actually measure, you don't measure the success by the likes or the engagement, it's by what you set the outcome yeah. beforehand. Say on average, I'll get between 300 to half a million views on a fitness reel, which is great. But if you look at the likes, people aren't liking, they're just watching, yeah, it's different. Yeah, same. Um, it's more about like comments and saves and things like that. Like if I get, I did an ab workout when I was in Ibiza and it got like 8,000 saves and I was like, this is amazing. Um, because people can then go back to it and all that yeah. jazz. Um, then how do you replicate that? It's like, okay, cool, I can use that data to create something else, but it's like you can't do the same thing no. again. So. But then also, apparently with the algorithm, I also learned this from someone else that's really, like, constantly, consistently gets really good views, that apparently you need to post at the same time every single day. You need to post the same kind of theme every single day, the same length. So the algorithm recognises what you're doing. So then eventually if you do get, like, a paid post, mm -hmm. the algorithm's just kind of in autopilot with yeah, you. Yeah. So it'll still get the same traction as the other ones did because you kind of tricked it. It's wild. Anyone listening to this who isn't in this game is probably I, thinking, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know. And also, I'm saying all this, and I don't fucking do it. Yeah. And I, it's just winging it. I know. You kind of have to make it up, which is what's... I think that's frustrating about creating content. Yeah. I find because I have... I'm not just a content creator for Instagram. Mm. My main thing is my online fitness thing. Yeah. So I spend 80% of my energy on that. And then it's like, oh shit, I need to post a reel because otherwise my views are going to go down and all that. It's always like on the back foot, but most people that are flying with the content is because that is their first and foremost. That is what earns them their money, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So should we do a quick like speed dating? You okay. You said you, you, you're sure I'm do other stuff or yeah. I, do, I do other stuff. So I'm a coach, like not a fitness coach, but a coach, like mindset or life coach or performance coach. I need to hire you. <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> So what's your little speed dating intro? So I would say I'm an online coach. Therefore, everything I do is online. I, wanna, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call myself an influencer, but I suppose in some ways I am. Um, but more of an influencer, like, through my page, I want to try and, like, show, of obviously, like, fitness and health and wellness and all that, but, like, show a bit of real stuff too. Um, like, at the moment, I'm talking about, like, my bit of... It's a bit feminine, but policies to go every journey that I'm going through. Over the last few years, just trying to help people with health and wellness and also just be as real as possible on there. Amazing. I get that as well. Like, it feels proper honest, like what you talk about. Yeah. Yeah, I really like the way that it comes across. I try. I try. And then sometimes 
I feel like if I have a few days off of socials, I find it really hard to get back on because sometimes I'm like, don't know what to talk about. It's not don't... natural, that's why. Yeah, it's not natural. Mm-hmm. It can take me back to, like, to get back into my rhythm. And also, a lot of the time I'm like, I just don't want to be just chatting absolute waffle on here. I want to like yeah. actually be talking about something that's valuable, relevant right? yeah. to someone. I mean, it's funny about that, isn't it? Because the body and the brain knows what it wants. So when you have some time away from it, it's like it resists so going nice. back. Like even I've recently changed my diet because I was eating crap. And then I saw someone on the tube next to me in the brownie, which I would have been all over like two weeks ago. But I was like, oh, I actually couldn't think of anything worse. Really? Right yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Because you ha- it's hard to make the change yeah, it is. in the first instance. But then when you do, you know what you want and what's good for you. Yeah, it's so Like true. intuitively. Yeah. And also, I'm exactly the same. I am 80% really on my health game. And then as soon as I fall off, I have about three days where I'm just eating crap. Yeah. And then I'm like, right, okay, that's enough. <laughs> Back on it now. Mm. And it's the same because, like, two days ago, I would have been like, oh, yeah, brownie. Mm. But because I've worked out today, I'm like, ugh, wouldn't eat that today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all the way in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> you said earlier that you feel like you're a completely different person from when you left the Love Island show. Yeah. Like, what's changed? My journey through being in the like the public eye whatever mm-hmm. has changed a lot because initially when you first come out of a show like that you you're so relevant or like you're in the press all the time and all that stuff and it's about saying as like relevant as possible whereas I don't care about anything like that anymore I think like the more shows that go past you like the more years of like Love Island it kind of becomes like oh I'm so glad that I'm not at like just come out yeah. so like someone like Molly May she's so famous yeah. that she I don't know whether you saw so she brought some someone took their kids to her house to like get um, selfies with her I was like oh my god that is like so not right like when I was younger when I was a kid a baby I always just say I want to be famous mm. and I'm actually so glad that I'm not famous like that I'm happy with where I'm at yeah you know but you have a level of fame though yeah people still recognize me but yeah, so when I first came off, I was really obsessed with the whole reality thing. I went to every event I was invited to. I did every job that I was asked to do, which we'll come on to, I'm sure. Um, like work things, I did everything just because I was so worried that it was going to disappear at any point. Mm. And now everything that I do is because I actually want to do it or because... I know that it's going to have longevity to it. Or, you know, since I started doing my Shape Up with Gabby programmes, the reward I get from that is so much better, so much more than Instagram, like, and just doing, you know, the odd little post or, like, you know, trying to get as many views as I can on there. Like, of course, everything has to come hand in hand because the more people see on my socials, the more people I get to sign up to my plans. But it's actually, like, seeing progress because some people have been with me since the beginning of the first shape up group which was in the first lockdown and they're still with me now and just the seeing someone's journey and the transition from group to group and you know over the years we've almost become well we are a community but I know people on a friendly level now and that is everything that I was doing before Love Island but obviously on a completely different scale and that is so worth so much more than Hmm all the other, like, fickle shit. (laughs) It's so true. And that's one thing I've been asked before, like, if I was to say to anyone that comes off any sort of show, or before you go on a show, make sure you have something that's, like, of value to you before you go on, because 
I'm I am so lucky that I did have my fitness stuff before because it was what I was passionate about. I actually moved to London to be a dancer. That's what I originally came to do. Went to a telecon, didn't I? I fell out of love with performing and I started doing teaching as a fitness instructor and that's where I found like my vocation you know my calling I loved it because it's still an element of performing in a way isn't it it's like you know you're doing your yeah. fitness class yeah. but you get to do it with other people that are working together you know mm. it's a relationship and I just found that so much more rewarding. and so anyway to be able to do that on such a bigger scale is yeah is like so different and so amazing yeah, I love that. So good to hear. I mean, that's a very long answer. Sorry. No, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so good to hear because I think, like, really, like, if I distill down what the coaching is, it's helping people understand who they are. Yeah. And then you can understand who you want to be and what you need to do in order to become that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you knew who you were before, or at least you knew what your passions were, which was fitness, dance, performance, other things as well. But like, fitness is kind of the core. Yeah. So you had something before you went in and before you changed drastically. Yeah. Whereas people who don't have that awareness before they go in a show and they're basically told who they are yeah exactly exactly they're molded into or they think that they need to be like somebody else that's doing really well and then there's that element of resentment against not getting that far and that is it almost stops people from if you've got any brains sometimes it stops people from going on but i feel like some people do come off and they think that they're going to be you know get all these offers and do but it is it is actually quite scary when you think about it well, what would you say? Because like a, a big element of this podcast, it's called Take Flight. It's mm-hmm. like this this leap of faith, right? Like jumping into something which mm-hmm. can be scary. You don't necessarily know what's on the other side of it, but you're probably super passionate about it or you're really curious about what that thing is. A lot of people have those opportunities or think of ideas where they might be able to do that and don't do it for whatever reason. Fear, Fear. imposter syndrome, like yeah. all these things we spoke yeah. about. But you've done that. Like going on the show must have been terrifying beforehand. I think that is the only thing that I've ever felt completely confident about. Really? Before I went in. But before I even got offered it, I, f- I felt like I already knew that I had it. And then when I went in there, I was completely different to how I thought I would be. It was so weird. It was so such a weird experience. In what way? And I feel like the producers probably thought that as well. So they actually asked me to do it a year before. And I said no because I had a boyfriend that I thought I was going to marry. Mm. When I was only with him for 10 months. <laughs> um, so the girl that had asked me to audition I actually reached out to her a year later and I was like don't have a boyfriend anymore she was like oh come in for auditions went in I only did two auditions and then I got it but it was like just this weird like I wasn't nervous I was like really calm and I just kind of already thought I'm doing this but I went in then they asked you like loads of questions about your like who you are as a person and your sex life and all this stuff and I I was telling them all the like proper details, you know, because I was thinking, I want to get this. And then I went in and I was so reserved and mm. so <laughs> didn't do anything. I was the only person to think on that season that didn't have sex. And I bet they were thinking, what is going on? Because she's just been <laughs> like talking to herself like all these stories. But it's because when you're put in that situation, there's loads of people, cameras watching you. I was like, I'm not a porn star. I don't want to have sex on TV. But yeah, like taking that, like doing the show was... My brother told me not to do it because he thought that I was going to come out and, you know, have my life would be a bit of a mess because of it. And and it actually went in the other way. But then he got asked to do it. Really? The, a couple of years afterwards and didn't, didn't take it because he was like, I'm so worried that he's in banking, he's in, like, the corporate world. And he's like, if I don't do well, 
then I've kind of sacrificed mm. what he could have had in his in the corporate world mm. to potentially do well on Love Island. But what if you go in and you're only in for a week? Yeah. And then you come off and you're like, you fucked it? Well, there's always something else. Yeah. I think there's always something else. And so, it's like weighing it up, what's yeah, worth it. Yeah, I think well, it's, it's hard, isn't it? I think if you know who you are and what you're trying to do with your life, then it's easier to make those decisions. Mm. It's easy. It's easy to say. It's much harder in the moment to do it. But if like, if he loves the corporate world, then he's made the right decision, and he sees a path and a future for himself there. If he yeah. hates it, then, may, then maybe that would have been a good thing to pursue. I know, but then what do you do if like you kind of have kind of a path that's already written for you, mm-hmm. and you know the corporate world is kind of he knows he's going in what direction, he knows what the end goal is, or you know what you're kind of going towards. Mm-hmm. There might be little things off here and there, but. All in all, you go into that end goal to be the best of, well, I don't know what they call them, CEOs or, yeah. you know, all that. CEO, director, something like that, yeah. So you know that you're going to be end, on, end up on a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, it's all going to be set out for you. But it's a long slog to get there. Mm-hmm. Or you take that chance and start your own business or go on Love Island and then you're not guaranteed anything. Yeah. Well, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm like so... Uh, the other one. Yeah. I'm like so in the take the risk mm. camp. Like I left the corporate world. This is the podcast allowed me to jump and leave the Amazing. corporate world. Yeah, but it's just because it didn't align with who I wanted to be, and I didn't like being restricted in the role. I didn't like feeling like there were limitations around what I could do. Like one of the the gifts and the curses of working for yourself is you can do fucking anything. I know. So you actually have to really narrow down what it is that you want to do and really figure you it out. You need to get him in. You need to like talk to him. Like, get into his brain. I'm going to hire you for him. <laughs> because he wants to do his own thing. Does he? Yeah, well, really does. But I think it, it, it finds out what he wants to do, though, because he's not quite sure. It's not like he wants to bring out go on Dragon's Den and bring out a bloody yeah. object yeah. of some sort, <laughs> you know? But, there, yeah, there's loads to it, like identifying, you know, what you're passionate about, yeah. what lights you up, what your skills are already, where your weaknesses you know, what your values are. So do you start things. at like the end, well, you know, see what it is that you want to kind of, where you envision yourself in 10 years time and then work back from that? Start with where you are today. Who are you today? And that's, it's a long process. Yeah. It can take like months or even years, but looking back at things that happened in your life beforehand, which have dictated how you believe the world to be or how you perceive it to be now. Right, so things happen in our past and that leads to beliefs that we hold. And that's yeah. how we see the world. Ah. Right? So even if I'm thinking now, like, what would be the reason that you said you took a load of jobs that you didn't want? You said that you thought that you they might not come around again. Mm. That's like a living from lack mindset, which I've done that before, by the way. Mm. But that's a fear of, like, loss or a fear of not having another thing yeah. again. So where have you experienced those fears before? And they hold, like, core beliefs. Mm. Because... There's a lot of things in hindsight that I'm like, I wish I hadn't have done that because mm. it kind of, it is, I feel like taking um, a bit of integrity from stuff moving forward, which is annoying because what I would do now, for example, I've got a cookbook out. I mean, it's a cookbook. That's a, that is a um, achievement in itself, I suppose. However, I feel like the whole process was really rushed and... Mm. I had a ghostwriter with me who, I mean, I spoke to her about everything. I told her everything. We went through, and I suppose at the time, it 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 was 
as best as it probably could have been then. But I feel like I should have waited a few years because now what I would produce would be so much better. Mm. So now I'm like, oh, but those people that bought the previous book, will they buy the next one? Because what if it wasn't as good as it should have been? Yeah. You know? Uh, well, they will, by the way. But I, <laughs> I know that 100%. Well, like, how, how, how good is it, though, when you realise like the value of patience? Yeah. Like, stop rushing. I feel like that comes with age, though. Yeah, big time. Yeah. And making mistakes. Yeah. Because I've done that before where let's say maybe a relationship or something, I've really wanted to rush getting them on the podcast or I've wanted to rush collaborating or working with them or something like that. You know, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they're not going anywhere. Like, why rush anything? Yeah, Just, yeah. If it happens, it happens. And actually, if it doesn't, it's probably not meant to be anyway, which is such a hard mindset to have. That is really hard. But it's, I think when you when you let those things unfold naturally, like, you do end up with better people anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I, need to, I need to like have you like you should do those you know I don't know whether you do them like a few minute mindset things every day I, I've thought about doing them like for ages but because I feel like I mean on my dog walk every morning I always try and listen to something mm. or if I remember to like listen to something that like kind of gets my brain so in order I'll, I'll do solo do pods little, yeah. little five minute ones there's, um, there's like these crazy American men that just like shout They've like done the talks and <laughs> which ones? Do you know? Um, I don't know the names, but there's like they just like shout at you, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, ah! um, because I mean it is inspiring, but it's like I'm like Jesus Christ, like okay, I, like, I don't really know where to start, but okay, I'm on it. You know, you should do it because you're quite like you've got a calming aura. You want it to be calm and not yeah, shy. okay, <laughs> yeah, someone to be like you've got this. Yeah. Like literally, what you just said, just have patience. Don't you don't need to rush into those things. Like literally, what you just said, rather mm. than. Get it fucking done. Yeah. Don't sleep. Three hours a night. That's it. Like, <laughs> okay, shit. That's the soundbite, by the way. I'm going to use you as the soundbite. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, there's always an argument for the other, right? Like you and I value patience now because we have experienced and lived without it. You always value yeah. the things you have as a void. Whereas yeah. some people will value the aggressive, assertive style. Yeah, I think I have to basically battle with myself to be like, that you don't have to rush into something because it's gonna if it's gonna work out well it's gonna work out well anyway mm -hmm. but you just don't want to miss the window of opportunity yeah that's what i worry about 100 percent. timing is so important yeah but again that's one we can't control mm. so the book happened it was a great opportunity you took it amazing yeah. and it was like a, it sold really well and it was great right yeah it did it did well but that was like just because of i keep saying but it did well i was lucky and fortunate at the time to have the you know, the avid followers that would have bought anything that I would have yeah, put out fans. anyway. And you know what? People do use it. Like, on my Shape Up group, people use it. We cook recipes from there. There's mm -hmm. a great chilli recipe in there. There's, like, there is lots of things that were good, but, I mean, I look different from that then, which isn't a bad thing. I've just aged. <laughs> um, great. And, you look great. But compared to the video, I mean, compared to the book, I'm going to send you one. Okay. Yeah. But can you accept that, that you look great? Thank you. I feel better than I did then. Yeah. Which is good. Mm. But I'm obviously just annoyed because that's the only... I just basically need to bring out a new cookbook. Yeah. But also, I'd argue that, like, as a category, cookbooks are... I've got 10 and I've never used any of them. Yeah. Never used any of them. They just look, like, cool They look cool house. in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. I've actually used... I've used one cookbook. I can't remember what, what it's called now. But then it's another thing, like, Instagram has become this basically cookbook hasn't it yeah so what's the point in bringing out a book because you can just go on instagram type in 
creamy chicken pasta yeah. and it comes up. Well, yeah, you can. And other people who are, are on it a lot and know that will. But we are in an echo chamber. Like, What's that? As in like, probably on in your Instagram, all you see is fitness content and influencers yeah. and the people that do your stuff. Same as me. Yeah. So all I see is people doing motivational clips and clips of podcasting and all that so i go on there i'm like fuck everyone's doing this yeah how can i oh do my it better God. that's the echo I thought everyone was doing it. <laughs> no they're not that's that's the that's the myth right that everybody's doing it but it's just because that's what we see the algorithm serves back to us all the things that we engage with and like and the things we're doing oh my God. so that's an that's an echo chamber right we hear the same thing going round and round which is i'm about to come off social media i'll do three weeks to remove myself from the echo chamber and actually get back in touch with reality that not everyone talks about personal You're about to do that? Yeah, I'll take I'll take three weeks off from a week on Monday. That's amazing. Yeah. And that is just to basically strip everything back. Yeah, because oh, like you said, like when you, you've been on your phone, you just want to get rid of it. You don't want to look at it anymore. And also it's such a distraction. I think I'm good at not being distracted. And then I wish I could almost filmed myself because I'm sure that I'll just be scrolling like so much more than I actually think. But until you remove yourself from even being allowed to do it, that's when you really realise. The last time I did it, I did a month, and I got three full days back in time that I wasn't scrolling. Or, like, on my phone. So I what did you do, like, just delete the apps? Hide them, yeah. Wow. You isn't, can it, hide isn't it crazy that that's, like, so scary? I know. I've asked all of my clients, and no one's replied. <laughs> no one wants to do it. A lot of them have... Oh, yeah, I'm not doing that with you. <laughs> <laughs> not a chance. For a day? Would you do a day? Oh, yeah, I'd do a day. I'd quite happily leave my phone at home for three days. Would you do two days? Yeah. A week? Maybe not a week. Mm, like, just off socials or phone in general? Off socials. Off socials, yeah. yeah. I reckon I could do a week. Yeah. It's more just the fear that I'm going to log back on and have, like, no no followers because <laughs> I am like haven't been posting for a while. And... As I said, you know, with the algorithm, you have to be like on it all the time. But I do love it when I do take a few days off mm. unintentionally because it just feels like quieter almost, yeah. doesn't That's, it? We've, we've lost this ability to have just quiet time with ourselves. Mm. You know, like back in the day, you'd queue up at a shop or somewhere. I, I don't know why I always think of the bank. The bank was always busy and you had to go into the bank. Yeah, mental. yeah, yeah. But you stand and just queue. Yeah. And you just think. I know. But the elderly, if you look at the elderly, they're never on the phones. Everyone's mm. just sat on a bus, just looking around. Amazing. Whereas on the tube, I look like no one's looking up at you ever. I saw a picture. It was quite emotional, actually, like full street for the Queen's funeral. All of these kids with their phones out and just one elderly lady stood at the front, like just watching. Yeah, no phone Don't, cause I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, but, my God. Yeah, just... just present experiencing it just watching it having that moment for herself whereas everyone else trying to capture it and put it on their story or whatever wow i oh, know that's that's but that and, and that's what it gives you in a snapshot and you realize those things and how ridiculous it is because i'm reading this book at the minute it's called the myth of normal like the things we experience aren't normal instagram's not normal no. to be sharing everything that we do is not normal but we've normalized it mm. so it's this myth that is normal we've accepted it mm. but we don't have to accept it my boyfriend was actually talking about this the other day. Um, my goal and his goal is to get to a point where Instagram, because I don't post on Instagram for fun mm. anymore. It is all just work, mostly, or have to actively think about how well a post is going to do or what am I going to post next and all that stuff. I would like I would like to get to the point where 
probably never going to delete it, let's be honest, but because I'm nosy as well. Hmm. But to be able to post because I want to post and because it's something fun or, you know, something like that. But I think my end goal is to be successful enough to take myself off social media in that way and it to be more of a fun place for me to yeah. be again and to just have my business businesses kind of running anyway that's a process over like, yeah. the next 10 years for me to get there what what has to happen for you to be able to successfully like just completely come off it um well the app comes out at the end of this month beginning of next month october 13th i think when that comes out it doesn't even have to be perfect to start off with because it is going to be hopefully an ongoing growth process and eventually I'm going to have thousands and thousands of people signed up and it's going to be making money whilst I'm peacefully sleeping however as I did everything on Facebook myself from the first lockdown having to delegate different job roles to people is scary because even though I don't want to do any of the admin because it's so boring and I'm not me- meant to be behind the mm. desk. Like having somebody else do that for me is nerve wracking because I'm like, what if they don't do it right? Or, yeah. you know, all that to think about. And then also the building of the app. I mean, I'm not a tech person, so I could never have done anything, but it's taken me, I reckon it's taken me about two years to actually choose a company to do it with. Yeah. And, and so it's so nerve wracking for me and I really, really hope it does well. However, it will do well. And eventually, I, I'm hoping, like, say if it's been running for, you know, a good five years, I will have people that are just regular users of the app mm-hmm. that have been with me for so long. There will be elements of me having to do some marketing and advertising in some way. But I'm just hoping that once the five-year mark or 10-year mark has passed, it will just be a given that it's just going to be a rolling kind yeah. of growing process. Yeah. And then the other thing that I really, really, really want to do, which I think will be my baby once I get it off the ground, is I really want to have my own retreats company. Um, And I've already been in talks with with people, but it's actually a lot harder than you think, even though, I mean, I've been on a few really awful retreats, but I've also been on some really good ones. And I find it like having the right aesthetic, having the right kind of food, everything that is seems so simple. And I thought I could do it all myself and I can't. Mm. But... Um, basically when that's up and running off the ground that once again is going to be word of mouth and hopefully that will keep on growing and growing and growing so in five years time I can be in a position to feel comfortable with like having kids and not having to work all the time because things will run themselves Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. that's where I want to be in like five years ten years time yeah I love that that's amazing and for people listening like because you said something there which is what can you do that no one else can do so all the content that's you. No one else can do that for you. Mm. Like your audience, mm. people haven't got that where you can actually market to those people. But the admin jobs other people can do. I know. So your energy goes into creating the things that only you can create. And that is what I've tried to, like, basically what you're saying is that, like, the energy that I've put into doing the admin stuff, I can now put into mm. the stuff that I'm actually good at. Yeah. And like. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like admin. And you know what? It is actually funny because. Uh, currently even content like having to edit the content Mm -hmm. I keep putting it off (laughs) because I'm like oh I don't want to sit on my my laptop and do it however in all then I have to try and change my way of thinking I'm like this is what is going to earn you money Mm -hmm. so you need to sit down and do it it's not even going to take you that long so stop putting it off and being a weirdo (laughs) (laughs) no but we we do procrastinate about things we don't like right I still pick every clip of this for socials 
Oh, do I, you? I, I put it off. I hate God doing it. God help you. I'm so sorry. I hate doing it. You know what I get from you is just such a good energy. Oh, thanks. And that's more valuable than anything. Oh, that, anyway, that's what I care about. That's what currency I go by. So as long as you can put that energy into the things you enjoy, it'll be great success. I'm yeah. sure. Sometimes I'm a bit erratic or come across like a lot. But it's just because I really want everything to do well. Mm. You know what I mean? You've high standards. Like, passionate. Yeah. Yeah. It's but amazing. Someone, I actually had therapy for a while. She was awful. Really? And When did you have therapy? Um, At the end of last year, for a few months. I was in the, thinking about therapy, because I heard someone say, everybody should be in therapy. And I don't think it's therapy that I need. I, I think I need a mentor, like a mindset. Because I've got so many things that I want to do. It's... One like once again delegating them to the right people and also just allocating enough time to do everything and patience and all that. So everything I know I should be doing, but I'm a little bit erratic when it comes to time management. You think about like what as human beings, what do we need? What do we actually need? We need to eat really good food. We need periods of intense exercise, periods of prolonged rest. Mm. We need connection with people. We need all the, all these things, right? But so many of us live in this intense, in the sympathetic nervous system, like the stress, one call to the next, to the next, to the meeting, to a travel here, to this, and it's constant. You don't get any of that prolonged rest. It's like the the busier you are, the the better you're doing. Mm. Yeah. Do you not find that with people? I feel yeah. like that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, We've that's one of our societal beliefs, is that you are successful if you're busy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, especially with what you and I do, they're lifestyle businesses, you can set up yours however you want. Yeah. It's just hard. The therapist said oh, yeah. that she thinks I'm hyperactive. And I was like, I've never in my life been told that I'm hyperactive. Maybe it's because I always used to have a coffee before I went in, kind of like I hmm. am now. So I used to just talk. But she was always just like looking at me like I was crazy. She yeah. probably couldn't understand me. When... Because um... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I, do you know what? I think that's... If she said that, I wouldn't want to judge because I wasn't there, but I did the same in therapy when I first went because I'd yeah. never had a place just to unearth everything and just get everything on my chest. So definitely for the verse, like three, four, I just spoke nonstop for the whole hour. Yeah. And then I felt better. Yeah. I do think that therapy is for a lot of people, but I just also feel like I don't want to talk about, not that I don't want to talk about, I just don't think it's necessary for me to talk about past stuff. I want to talk about future. Mm. So that's why I feel like I need someone of a different kind of yeah. coach. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I've got mine. I I think everyone should have a coach. You know, you said that you had a, someone tell you that everyone should have a therapist. Oh, yeah. Agree, but like for certain, you have to be very specific with what you're trying to address with therapy, I think. Mm. With a coach, it applies to business, to personal life, to relationships if you want. It can be across everything. That was good. that's very interesting that you say that because most of my stress comes from Everything else, that all the stuff that would come under a coach umbrella, it yeah. would come from the time management and diagnosing myself with ADD because I can't bloody manage any of my time and I think yeah. that I'm just incapable of it. And it's like, no, actually, how about you just get a diary and friggin' write it down? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> I did do that. Threads a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the best thing I'm doing at the minute is Sunday night, literally writing out everything I've got in my week. Really? And then in my mind, I know what's coming up ahead. And I like set my intention. That's, yeah, yeah, that's good. It's it's a really nice process. So you, you do your you do your what's coming up that week. You set your intention. Mm-hmm. What else do you do? So I would have so literally right Monday to Friday, a.m. p.m. And a coaching session is two or one hours. So I have like 
probably something coaching in the morning and then maybe another coaching session in the afternoon or a podcast or I'll have like half days where I'm doing the clips and all that shit. Mm. <laughs> uh, always putting my gym sessions in there as well. Yeah. And then I'll look at the week like bird's eye view and see how much coaching I'm doing, how much podcasting I'm doing. And I'll almost like title the week with something. So it'll, I'll set an intention for it. Like, okay, cool. You're doing loads of coaching. So then you're going to be super present and you're going to be there to serve. Like that's it. That's so sick. And then this is only new this is like a couple of months i've been doing this but it's made a big difference and then if i'm like podcasting it's like right i'm going to be super like welcoming and i'm going to be you know really curious because mm. that's the intention that i want to set so that i get good value from the people and they enjoy it and they get value as well and all that sort of stuff so that's that's amazing you can also do it on the micro as well so like we could have come in here and been like cool so what's what's the intention well, the intention is to have fun. That would, that would have dictated the conversation. In My intention way. today was to come in and be confident. Nice. That literally was it. I said to nice. Jamie, I'm going to blag it. I'm going to be as confident as possible. <laughs> Why blag it, though? You are because it's the, it's the imposter syndrome, isn't it? Mm. And then I feel like when you say, oh, I've got imposter syndrome, you just sound like a wanker because you're trying to like make out that you're really humble, actually. And I'm not trying to be anyway like that. It's just... Of course. I think if we were to do this podcast again in like a year's time when everything is flying, mm. I'd be like, remember when yeah. it's just because at the moment I've got everything's pending. So even though, of course, they're going to be amazing and sell out, it's still the fear of, yeah, you know, the unknown. There's a, there's a saying that says when yesterday's ceilings become today's floors. Oh, I so love like that. that elevation. Yeah. Right? But of course, that f like the term imposter syndrome is basically discomfort, isn't it? Yeah. But it's the unknown. We don't know. So we, we level ourselves up to this new floor. You've not been there before. Of course, you're going to be looking around like, fuck. Yeah. And actually, like on a biological level, when you're familiar with an environment, you're, everything tones down a little bit. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's so true. And then when like coming in here as well, you're like fucking cameras on, lights on. It's like your brain's going like fucking warning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. That is like such a amazing way of like kind of what's the word, a metaphor for what is happening right now. Like I've been doing my shape up groups on a, one platform for the best part of like three, three years, four years, three years. And now I'm taking it to the next level mm. because it's still exactly the same, but better, a better service. I'm literally offering them everything that I was doing before, but also a personalized workout plan, a personalized meal plan, one-to-one -one coaching if they want it. But I'm still like, oh, is it going to do well? Like, there's not in any way possible that it's not going to be better than it was before. Mm. But because it's new, mm. I'm like, shit, <laughs> this is scary. And is it so like, can you talk to me a little bit more about what the app is? Because you had an app before, right? Yeah, The same one? Yeah, no. I had an app, which was the same kind of thing as the book. Um, it was all rushed. It was a really good idea to bring out a fitness app because this was what five years ago when mm. I was one of the only people bringing out a fitness app then I came out of Love Island at the end of July we did everything for the app within like a month I think I filmed everything for the app over the course of two days wow so it was all very rushed and very we have to get it out for Christmas and New Year otherwise it's not going to do well and to be fair it was the best-selling app on the whole app store, not even just health and fitness, the whole app store for like three days. It absolutely killed it. However, 
that should have been a rolling process then and I should have kept adding to it. I should have kept getting better and better. But it was kind of a a bit of a quick book mm-hmm. for whoever else like I made it with because there was never really any intention of continuing with it, mm-hmm. which is kind of annoying because I know other people that started theirs at the same time and they've continued yeah. with theirs. Um, some have done really well, some haven't. So, you know, it could have gone both ways. Um, and you know what? So much has happened in the last five years that I can't, I, can't, I couldn't even tell you right now that it was. It would be amazing. But it's just frustrating because I have had to go back to the start. Um, and as you just said, it's like, you've got an app coming out. Didn't you already have one? It's like, yeah, but we, we don't talk about that one. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but... It did really well, and I'm just hoping that this next one does just as well, you know. It was a different kind of app that was, they paid, I think they paid six ninety nine, and they got everything in the app forever. And then it would have been, if I was going to go on, I would have added to it, and then they would have to buy add-ons and stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas my app that's coming up now is a monthly membership. I don't really want to call it an app as such, it's more like, my membership program like a community membership yeah community membership because it's not just a one fits all everybody Mm. gets their own personalized thing the only thing that is universal is every week i will still be doing my live workouts monday wednesday friday for the foreseeable eventually it would be nice to come off and do maybe two a week because the level of content that they'll already have on the app by that point will be fine because the initial reason for me moving it off facebook and taking on something else was one, yes, it was a lot of work admin-wise, but also I was like, I can't do live workouts for the rest of my life. Like, mm. what if I want to have a baby or what if all this? Because that isn't really on the cards for the next few years. I'm not in any rush to do that. And I can do live workouts from anywhere in the world. So it gives me accountability. I love being, even though they, I can't see anyone, but they can see me. I love being present at the same time that I know other people are doing it as well. Because then on the community we ha- we're able to talk about what's just happened and everybody can say, oh, wow, I love that class. Or they can say, can you do something like this? Like, There's a level of communication and people can tell me what they want and I love being that like engaged with them. It's completely different to the one that we did before. It sounds so exciting. Have you, have you seen that image? It's like an iceberg and at the top, the tip of the iceberg it says success and then there's the sea and everything underneath it. It's like... yes resilience persistence courage failure rejection all these things it's like these are all the things that you don't consider that go into like you'll launch it it'll be a raging success and everyone will go of course gabby's got a great app yeah but no one sees everything underneath the surface that goes into and well the amount of work that you have to go into every single podcast going through fishing through my 10 minute monologues to have fishing out like that one sentence that you wanted but i feel it is part of character building in a way isn't it as well because you know, you've been doing this podcast now for five years and now it's like your soul, you know, you, you love it and it's 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 taken you this long to get this far, but it's worth it. Yeah. Whereas I feel the same. It took me so long to try and figure out what exactly I wanted to do with Shape Up. I've met, met a lot of people, had loads of different meetings. No one's really been quite right. They either wanted to just rob me blind and take all my business yeah. or it just wasn't doing what I wanted to do. So finally, hopefully I've made the right choice, but you'll never know unless you try, right? Exactly. Perfect, right? Yeah. It's amazing. How has that affected, like, the way that you trust people? Because, like, I've worked with people who've had that experience where people come in with influencers who have big audiences, pitch the collaboration and and tell them how great they are at business, but they really, they just want to leverage their audience. Yeah. So 
if that's played out for you like how has that how has that possibly changed how you trust people or you build relationships now so i had a meeting with this company that were really interested in working with me and wanted to help me build an app for shape up and it was really exciting i spent a good year meeting these people from the meetings we did i felt like we were on the same kind of page like there was the same end goal in sight however when it came down to the actual production of of the app they wanted me to like fund everything and then also pay them but then they also wanted to take shares of the company mm. and i'm like i obviously have to put so much work into this content wise and marketing wise in order for this to sell at all because on its own like sh- without me being like the kind of face of it it wasn't going to sell just being like shape up on its own. People would be like, what What the hell shape up? Yeah. Oh, shape up with Gabby because I'm going, buy my app, buy my app. It will sell. <laughs> that Then I was like, so you have to kind of meet me in the middle and offer your services without being paid as well. Mm. I think they wanted to give me like 25% or something. And they wanted to take, 70, take 75%. And then I was like, well, after the tax man, I'm going to end up with nothing. Do you have anyone advising you with that? Or are you left to your own devices to make those negotiations? Oh, uh, so I've had it... Uh, it was kind of, I was off my own back because I didn't want to bring my management in because then they would have taken another 20%. Right. So I would have basically been doing it for free. Um, but it was kind of a bit disheartening after we'd, I'd spent so much time and energy wanting to do it with these people because I thought they were going to be the right people for me. Because at face value, they're lovely and, you know, you feel like the heart's in the right place. But then when you receive an email and I was actually like, wow like I can't believe you actually think for one second that I'm going to take that deal and my my boyfriend he's very business minded and he's got a few really successful businesses and he's a bit younger than me as well he's like 25 but he's absolutely flying and he's doing so well because he's got great business mind so I ended up bringing him him in and I was like can you like talk to these people with (laughs) me um and then and then they offered me whatever they offer. And I was like, no. So we counter offer kind of thing, broke down all their offers and kind of like said, this is what I will be doing. And then it was just, I can't even really remember what happened after that, but it was pretty much just a hell fucking no. I'm not giving you a whole new business whilst you actually rinse me dry. Mm. Brandon says to me, he's like, I know that you spent a year meeting these people, but you also learnt a lot as well yeah. about the business, for one. Learn what you do need to be doing, even if you don't do it with them. Mm-hmm. Because they, you know, did, they did all the spreadsheets, all the PowerPoints and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did learn a lot. And he's like, you have to just look at it like that, like a learning curve. Don't think that you've wasted time because you have learned something. Yeah. I was like, you Now you do it on your own. So, yeah, I'm used to, just using a different company that right. I build at pay for the initial, like, build-up built building of the app um and then they take 20 percent, but i get to keep everything else which is nice and who else is working on it day to day with you they have a whole team of people so i have like different people doing different things i've um you know been doing building my my brand my logo Mm -hmm. which has changed um compared to the last one and then i also have a new management dealing with my other stuff too which I feel like over the last six months I've really changed the team of people around me which is nice it's been a bit of a weird transition because you do get comfortable but sometimes you just have to step out the comfort zone in order to make that 
sealing the floor. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good as well because different people just allow you to get different perspectives. Yeah. Like, you know, the a AJ, I think of that, or, or lots of athlete examples for this where they change teams. Boxers is a good example. If they lose, change the team around them, the coaches, the, the corner, you know, everyone who's around them and yeah. have another go. Definitely. Because it's just like a clean slate, isn't it? Because you do get comfortable and... I won't won't grow in my career if I don't just try new things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ah, oh, so amazing to hear, Gabby. That's unreal. Congrats. Thanks. It's hard graft. As well. It will. Put it. <laughs> let it go to the universe. Yeah. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah. Can I ask you? Yes. Because I was obviously doing my research and prep yesterday, mm. and then in your story, I noticed you were literally in hospital like yesterday. Oh yeah, that was to do with my. Um, Weird one. Polycystic ovaries. Okay, but like it was something to do with... My brain. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a very irregular cycle. <laughs> and people have always said, it's because you work out so much. I'm like, it's not. It was happening before that. I came off the pill like a year ago or something. And it's not because I want to get pregnant. It's just more about... Now that I'm getting older, once again, I feel like I wanted to be more in tune with what is going mm. on. I don't want to just rely on a pill that I'm not necessarily using for the right reasons just to see what happens with my body. Anyway, long story short, periods come back like every four months. I went to see a gynecologist. They did um, the ultrasound and turns out that I do have polycystic ovaries, but I don't really scream other symptoms because there's other things like excess body hair, being overweight, um, just like other things that usually someone with PCOS might you might be able to say oh you know it's because of that um, so they did some bloods and then my it came back that my prolactin levels which is prolactin is produced in your pituitary gland and that was like quite highly elevated so normally that means that it's down to like some sort of tumour growing in your pituitary gland so basically I had to go for an MRI yesterday to see if I've if that's going on or not if it is usually in most cases they're benign which is obviously what we're hoping but we won't know until i get the scan results back and then in that case it could be a case of them going in apparently they, they have to go up through my nose to get it out or through my head or it could be medication or some people just leave them and just see how it gets on but yeah it's a bit of a weird one because my dad had a brain tumor and of course even though it's not that. I mean, he had something. He had something called glioblastum multiforme or something. So it's not that. But of course, anything growing in your body that's not meant to be there is a bit. Mm. Oh yeah, it's scary. I'm like, how does it have space? Because <laughs> your skull like holds everything in. So if there's something growing in there. Surely that's not right. But then that's where the hormone levels was raised because it's caused something mm. else to grow. So I don't know. We'll find out about that soon. But I'm just hopeful that it's not anything sinister yeah the thing is with that is that talk, and talking about it on Instagram that's kind of where I was going with it before about being like real and stuff some people don't want to know about that the men that watch my stories whatever probably don't want to hear about my periods that's why I'm like you sure you want to hear because you know boys are boys but I've mentioned this, this stuff about PCOS before and the interaction I got back from it like the response was crazy and a lot of people found some sort of either a bit of a push to be like oh that actually resonates with me I should go and get this checked or they've been like 
that happened to me as well. And like, you know, it's it gives someone a feeling of not being on their own. Yeah. And that's what I felt from it. Um, so I thought I may as well continue sharing the journey. And once again, the response last night, some people tell you things that you don't want to know. Mm. They're like, oh, I've had that. And it's like this cancer. And I'm like, oh, yeah. don't want to hear that. But also there are people that have great stories too. And that's what you get for social media. There's people that, you know, there's bad stuff and the good stuff. But it's my way of kind of just being honest because a lot of the time on socials everything's hunky dory I think I said this everything's always fun and games and everyone's smiling and all that and then but they don't actually show that you I was actually in a tube yesterday having an MRI scan because I might have some sort of tumour mm. you know yeah so I think it's really brave that you share it yeah really brave we'll see and and I hope everything's alright thanks me too yeah. I'm sure it's fine I mean, I say I'm not worried about it, but I obviously was because I fainted. I've never fainted before. Have you ever fainted? Yeah, I fainted a couple of times. I fainted once when I was helping clean my grandma's garden and I was climbing over the fence, but it was like an old fence. So it broke and I fell <gasps> through it. But then there was pottery on the floor. Oh, no. My hands went through and it like, you can still see the scar there. It went through. Bleeding. Like, it went through my hand. Oh, my God. And I could see the cartilage and the bone and then I, and my whole arms went like that in blood. And I was just like... Yeah, fell down and then literally like I didn't actually faint but this was like a month ago I broke my ankle I know this is my first day without the boot oh my god he's a magic man what the hell <laughs> it's my first day without the boot how well how did you break it not how are oh, you I without the boot playing football yeah stupid it was fine I carried on playing I walked home the adrenaline yeah obviously it was fine and then I slept on the sofa because it was it was sore I slept on the sofa rather than going upstairs. And in the morning, my daughter woke up and she was like, Daddy, and I went to walk upstairs and then, but like I got halfway up and I just went, why? And then I was like, something's not right. Yeah, something's not right. Like the adrenaline obviously worn off. And I I didn't actually faint because I was like, I think I was so focused on like getting to her so she didn't like fall down the stairs or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, how old is she? She's two. Yeah, she's unreal. Gorgeous. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, look, even I really, I know you're saying like guys don't want to listen to that, but I relate to that because like my, my mum didn't even know she was pregnant with me for like four months or something ridiculous. Well, that's what someone said to me. Someone was like, your prolactin levels could be high because you're pregnant. I was like, mm. don't fucking say that. I don't have time. <laughs> I can't be pregnant. <laughs> but she was an aerobics teacher, fitness freak. So like love similar it. to yeah. you, like passion, but obsession. That yeah, kind of love borderline. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to teach aerobics as well. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I get that vibe. So you, you remind me of my mum a little bit. <laughs> really like the, the energy it. is nice. But yeah, and also like, actually my mum had a brain tumour as well, but no she's way. she survived. It was benign. It was in the prefrontal cortex. Mad. Astro- That's good. Amazing. Yeah. Astrocytoma. But like, I've heard you speak, I heard you speak about it. I listened to it a couple of weeks ago when I knew you were coming on and you said that um, your dad changed after treatment. Yeah. Because my mum has had the treatment, it's like a major surgery and of course, it's, it's shifted her personality slightly. Has so it? she's a bit different. Yeah. And, that's, and I don't know whether it's just different because of age, but it's still hard to accept as the yeah. son who's like, you have an expectation yeah, of that yeah, person. Yeah. They're taking something out of your brain. So regardless of whether it's just removing the tumour, they're obviously removing part of your brain. So that's going to change who you are, I think. But yeah, my dad, he, I mean, he had quite a few operations. So after the second or third one or whatever it was, he was quite different then mm. because... He just, he was, he wasn't himself anymore at all. He was, he was hardly capable of having a conversation the way at really? that point, yeah. Um, which was where me and my mum was like, this is just, we, we can't do any more of this because you have to just be selfish in the, well, for both of you, like, and think he's not got any quality of life. So what's the point in 
continuing with all the steroids and everything and just keeping him alive and self and stop being selfish on our part because we obviously don't want to lose him but he's not got the quality of life that he deserves or wants anyway you know what i mean yeah so but yeah that's really sad to hear i think that's the that's the awful thing with brain tumors because when it's anywhere else in the body you still you still got your head mm. you know but when it's in when it is your brain unfortunately that's who you are as mm. a person so you know what i've learned literally just breaking my ankles like firstly how great is slowing down like literally slowing down and because i don't do it yeah it, i was forced to i saw the world it felt like in slow motion like the last four weeks but also today coming off of crutches and coming out of my boot i suddenly realized like so, like people were really cautious and helpful and like looking after me like giving me space went to crutches in the boot and stuff and first day off the boot being back in london no one gives a okay. shit because they can't see it now yeah like I'm, it's still healing i still can't walk like perfectly but it's yeah. just that and that's the problem with injuries that you can't see yeah it's so true that's mad though that you say that i i feel i feel like if i oh my god i don't know what to do if i break my ankle hmm Oh, no. I'd probably get so fat because I'd just body. be eating my feelings. I'd be like, I can't do anything <laughs> anyway, so what's the point? You, luckily, they said that because of... Because this is an argument for fitness, right? Because I had strong legs, the bone didn't move out of place. So it broke, but it stayed in pl- where oh, it's meant to be. Oh, it's maybe cringe. I know, it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. But um, it, so that's an argument for like being fit to prepare you for anything it meant i didn't have to have an operation i didn't have to have a cast oh my god yeah it it like um cut my recovery time by a third because that's one reason for being fit in itself yeah and my mum said actually with a brain tumor that if she didn't do or have the fitness level that she had the, the doctor said she would have died well this is the thing with with my dad as well he um it was almost like when he was in the hospice like he wasn't there anymore, but yeah. because he, my dad was a rugby player as well, was he? so he um, he was so fit and healthy. The doctors were almost like he stayed alive for this long mm. because the rest of his body is so fit and healthy. Yeah, like, and we were almost like, okay, we get it now, just because he wasn't yeah. capable anyway. That's crazy. Well, that's amazing that you've got strong legs. Good for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, last one. Okay. What what advice would you offer to somebody who is on the precipice of doing something they haven't done before, like this leap of faith. So they're thinking about it and they're about to do it. What advice would you give them? Because you've literally just gone through this process. You're about to launch in like three, three, four weeks. Mm. And you've learned so much. And I know you're you're being so amazing and honest and open here and talking about how it's scary and you're blagging it and imposter syndrome. <laughs> I'm so blagging and it. And I get it, but you've done it. You've done the work. Actually, all that's left to do is launch and just see what happens. Yeah. You know, so what would you... What advice would you offer the people doing that? I think it's very important to say there's there's that element of if it's not broke, don't fix it with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But there is also a comfortability with that. And if you think, oh, if you want more, I feel what I was doing before worked to an extent, but I was never going to grow or get any bigger or more successful if I carried on doing what I was doing with Shape Up. So I took the leap finally after various different meetings with loads of people to make my decision. But sometimes you just have to, if, I feel like your gut says a lot. Mm. I went through a lot of, lot of different options and 
avenues that I could have taken before something felt right. And if even though it's scary, sometimes you just have to take the chance because if you don't try, then you'll never know. And the, there's like a huge world out there of opportunity that is up for grabs, really. What does that feeling feel like? Like that intuitive feeling, you know, you're saying like gut feeling? There's only, there's a few times that I've really felt it. I told you when I went for the Love Island audition and I just knew in my gut that I had it. It was so weird. But when I had this feeling about the next steps for Shape Up, it was fight or flight. I look, it's kind of like, you know take flight um <laughs> i was either gonna fight it off and just stay where i'm comfortable or take the the chance that i'm like okay so this feels good and i feel like i can work with this you're gonna have to go for it mm. you literally only get one life and that is something that my mom always lives by after losing my dad life is so short so if you if there's a potential of doing something that could be amazing you'll always like you'll always think what if if you don't do it mm. if there's like a very good chance that it's going to be successful to just fucking do it. Because mm. you never know. Mm, I love it. Yeah? You are right for one more? What would you say? What would I say to people taking a leave of faith? Yeah. Fuck. I Come on. Have, I should have an answer for that. <laughs> um, this is you saying it to me. I would say... <laughs> I'm on the spot with my own question. Sorry. <laughs> what would I say for someone taking a leave of faith? It depends what you're doing. Yeah. There's an element of risk, fuck it, just jump, build build the plane on the way down. But there's also an element of preparing for that, like having financial runway. Like I, when I left the corporate world, I'd have 12 months financial runway. So I could pay myself for 12 months mm. without the risk of having to like need income. Mm. This is the more like tactical, boring side of it. Mm. But it meant that then when I was getting clients, I wasn't like coming from lack needing you to stay with me yeah yeah and all those things which means mean you don't perform better anyway and then there's an element of like trusting what you're doing and listening to yourself so that when you do leap out you you can fly like you trust in your ability to fly and figure it out on the way down yeah um and getting the right people around you i like that because that is kind of what i'm doing yeah so it's i'm sure it'll do all right but like learn on the job yeah yeah which I think most people are doing anyway. Yeah. Most people like us that are doing working for yourselves or entrepreneurs or whatever, you do learn a lot as you go. I mean, I did my PT course, but I learned more. And like, that was frigging seven years ago. And I've learned more in the last, say, four years than I have done the whole time I've been like an actual PT, you know? Yeah, it's amazing. You're forced to, right? Because no one else is going to do it. Yeah. And also like, you learn more meeting new people and, and, you know, I'm sure you do as well. Like learning, working with different people, you have to use different methods, or you know, hmm. tap into people in different ways, and then you might meet someone similar in the future that was similar to someone else before. And you know, it's every opportunity is different, but you can use different stuff from earlier. Yeah, if it was a ship, right? We're both on our own ships, so we've decided what we're passionate about. We've got our purpose, really. All those things are important when you begin. Mm. But then the ship represents this autonomy and mastery. So the autonomy, like the freedom, to steer the ship anywhere we want. And we're deciding where we're doing that. You're building this amazing app. You know, you're going to do more books and all the stuff you do with mm -hmm. your content. And then the mastery is just to do that the best you fucking can. Yeah. That's all you can do. Mm. The best that you can. And I think that's really important. Like if you are going to take the flight and do do something new and, you know, take the risk... 
you have to make sure that it's the best that you can do and don't compare it to other people unless you're looking at other people for inspiration. Don't be looking at yourself and putting yourself down. I mean, this is and what I'm saying to myself as well, which I have to actively say to myself all the time. Doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. As long as you're doing the best that you can do, yes, you can take a bit of, you know, a bit of a rocket up your ass. If you see that, okay, I should be doing that rather than, oh, they're doing that and I should be doing that more like, right, you know, as I say, like creative inspiration. Mm. Um, but it's important to focus on like, you know, what is it that you want to do, your vision, not what anyone else is doing. Love that. Because yeah. other people look at us as well. That's what you also have to remember. And Brandon say this, says, this, that says this to me too. He's like, you do know that other people are also looking at you going, oh, she's doing that. Or like, you know, she's done this and she's done that. But you don't really ever put yourself in the other person's shoes. So it's, it's so much time focusing on what they're doing. <laughs> are you okay for one yeah, more? Yeah, go on. Last one. Yeah, right. fine. Take yourself back to, it could be a particularly difficult moment in your life or a pivotal moment. It could be pre-Love Island. Mm. Imagine there's two versions of yourself. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between the one who's gone on to achieve all the amazing things that you've done, the person who sat opposite me today, and the one who wouldn't have gone on to do all those things? I feel like recently I brought in elements of my pre-Love Island self into me because pre-Love Island I was like looking for work all the time I was I was working at about six different studios I was doing about 60 hours a week of classes or PT and I was working my absolute arse off and then post-Love Island I I was a grafter basically and then post-Love Island I was entitled to an extent because I was just raking it in and not really doing much about it but then they got a point got to a point where as I said killed my soul doing a lot of stuff that I didn't want to do I mean the novelty run wears off after a while and then I had to really refocus on what it is that I wanted to do and it has become a a game of now wanting to be one of the best fitness fitness influencers around because we know that there's so much competition or whatever and if I don't work my ass off like I did pre-Love Island, I'm not going to get anywhere. I'm not, nothing's going to get done if I just sit around and wait for the work to come for me. So I think, um, I feel like I'm now a mixture of both, you know. I obviously have all the great things and I'm so grateful for the opportunity of Love Island and giving me the platform that I've got and I've had amazing opportunities. I've worked with amazing brands. I've done a lot of amazing stuff. But I have also got to the point where I've kind of revisiting and stripping it back to the grafter because I'm never going to be what I want to be if I don't work for it. And I feel like there's all, there's su- such a bigger sense of achievement if you work hard for something rather than being given it. Yeah, so good. I love it. I heard something the other day that said that success, there's no elevator to success. There's only the stairs. Yeah, it's like, so true. You have to say that. How much more rewarding is it when you know that you've like really put the time and effort into something? And that's what I feel like with with the stuff that I say in hindsight I wish I hadn't have done because it was rushed and because it wasn't really thought about within the inch of the life within within an inch of your life. It's like if I really put my heart and soul into something I know I could put something out there that's amazing. And that's why even with the app I've pushed off the start date so like about three times because I'm like no I want it to be I want to be proud of it when I put it out because I don't want to feel like this again in a few years time I'd be like wish I hadn't done that 
I've, I've done enough of that. I want to be proud of everything from now on. And it, that just takes time and patience. See, you've coached me already today. <laughs> <laughs> now already learnt so much from you. <laughs> Gabby, thanks. I've, I've really loved chatting with you. It's been a pleasure, so thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's all right. Sorry I talk so much. No, it was amazing. <laughs> I can't wait for people to hear it. It's going to be great. You have reached your destination. Hey, it's Mark Whittle. Thanks so much for watching or listening. It's so great to have you a part of the Take Flight movement. Subscribe to the podcast on all platforms, video and audio to be the first to see new episodes and new conversations with the greatest minds in the world. Follow me at markwittle underscore TF on all social platforms and visit takeflightworld.com to join our growing community of hustlers, performers and go-getters. I can't wait to see you next time. Until then, stay positive, stay motivated and of course, take flight. Take flight.